team, and welcome to Bureaucracy. I'm your host, Emily Gross, and I am so excited today because I have Shan Wu with me, and he is like a legal expert extraordinaire, has an insanely cool background. So excited to have him. We're going to be talking all about the January 6th hearings, all about what the fuck happened when there was an insurrection in our country. So obviously you've been seeing what's been going on in the news, how Congress is holding hearings, and we're going to dive into what's going on. What are they trying to find? Um, So Shan, why don't you say hi and introduce yourself? Uh, Well, I'm Shan Wu. I'm a former federal prosecutor. Uh, I was a prosecutor in Washington, D.C. And I was also uh, counsel to then Attorney General Janet Reno. So I'm pretty familiar with the Justice Department. And I'm in private practice also way back in the day, in the early days of of the Mueller probe. I was uh, representing one of the first uh, defendants, uh, Rick Gates, who was Paul Manafort's um, co-defendant. That was only for a short time. I cannot talk about that. (laughs) Um, But I I give it to you as background just because I've been involved in these Trump issues for a long time. So I have a pretty good yeah. sense, I think, and perspective yeah. on So happy to have you. I couldn't think of anyone better to give us the insight and the truth. Okay. And speaking of the truth about what's happening, all right, I found this cool beer and it's called The Truth. It's by Flying Dog IPA. Shan doesn't drink and that is A-okay. I'm also on antibiotics because I'm getting over being sick for like oh. 20 years with a <laughs> sinus infection. I oh, told the doctor, gosh. I was like, it's like being Nickelodeon slimed in my body. Right. So I'm just going to have a couple of sips just for okay. the bit. All right. Well, I, I am drinking my Pellegrino with you. So. Perfect. Oh, wow. That is a very, that's a bitter IPA. All right. Almost as bitter as this insurrection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start? What are these hearings supposed to do? There was two have happened. One happened this past Thursday. One happened today, Monday. What are they investigating? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to achieve? Well, I think uh, what they're trying to achieve is to get the record and the truth out uh, to the American people in a way that has a lot more transparency than, let's say, a criminal investigation, which Congress can't do. Um, But congressional hearings are meant to be fact-finding missions. A criminal investigation is meant to discover evidence, prosecute somebody or not prosecute them. But the congressional hearings tend to be kind of free-ranging. And the real point is to, one, make a record for the public, and two, to see if there's anything that Congress needs to do. So in this instance, theoretically, the Jan 6 Committee wants to look at what happened here during the actual riot, things leading up to it, and see what kinds of changes might need to be made. For example, for capital security, uh, for example, with the process for counting the electoral ballots. So that's really kind of the broad mission charge that they would have. But realistically, what's going on here is they are really presenting a prosecution case uh, for who did what and who might be prosecuted. And of course, the audience is certainly us, the American people, but also there is an important audience of one, which is Attorney General Garland. And obviously, there's a lot of controversy over what, if anything, DOJ is doing right now and what, if anything, they will do in the future. So that's kind of the context right now. And what is that controversy? Well, the controversy is (laughs) that... Um, to a lot of folks, uh, me included, uh, if I'm not putting on my prosecutor's cap, uh, there seems yeah. to be a lot 
of evidence of wrongdoing about the insurrection, uh, starting with what's being made really plain now, which is, you know, Trump kept on claiming that there was fraud and there was no fraud. And people are wondering how come from day one, the Justice Department didn't announce they were doing a criminal investigation? Why haven't they prosecuted anybody? And so the controversy is there's worry that Garland is too cautious um, of a prosecutor. He's been now a judge for most of his life, an appellate judge. So he's used to, you know, right. really thinking things over, being careful in his consideration. Right. And there's worry that, you know, that's not the right temperament for this job. Uh, so that's part of the controversy. The other is that they've taken a long time to decide whether to charge some things that seem sort of open shut. I mean, it took a long time to decide whether to charge Bannon for not, Steve Bannon for not showing up, the contempt. Uh, same thing with the decisions on Mark Meadows, uh, Scavino, and Navarro didn't come out till last week, right before the hearings. So th there's a lot of impatience, uh, I think, in the public to see what's really going to happen here. And I think part of the thing that, you know, I struggle with as a private citizen is, you know, Biden and Garland in many ways uh, came in under the notion that they were going to restore integrity, restore balance, restore normalcy <laughs> to, to things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think to some extent Biden has done that. I mean, you know, trying to actually do something about COVID. I think he's doing his best. I think he's trying. Yeah. Right. In an oil <laughs> yeah. and vinegar society. So Right. And and for Garland, who you know certainly is a man of great integrity, I mean nothing like Bill Barr, who frankly was at yeah. this point being shown to be more and more corrupt. You know, Garland has this notion he wants to repair the integrity of the Justice Department. And if you're concerned about repairing the integrity, you're concerned naturally about looking like you're being political. And so a lot of folks uh, worry that he's too worried about looking like the department might be political the way Bill Barr had weaponized the Justice Department, the way Trump had asked Barr to weaponize the Justice Department, saying, hey, just right. announce there's fraud out there, you know, help me out here. So I think he could be very concerned about that. But the downside of being too concerned or taking too long with that is it, it may allow really a resurgence um, of what Trump was trying to do. So there's a lot of danger out there that I think is quite unprecedented historically. Right. I mean, it definitely, I mean, I don't know if you saw it today, but Trump just released a 12 page press report. Basically oh, I hadn't just seen that yet. We're yeah, waiting yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I was just skimming it. It is, uh, yeah. first of all, listen, not a fan of Trump. I think he is so dangerous to this country. However, some of his little quips are very creative mm -hmm. and I will give him that. Oh yeah. Um, however, <laughs> If you read it as a, like a comedic marketer. bit, it's not a bad entertainment. <laughs> right. It's comedy. It's not bad. Um, the right. fact that it's millions and millions of people believe it as truth, horrifying. Um, but it's basically just reiterating all of the stuff that the January 6th hearings are showing him to be problematic for, you mm -hmm. know, which is just it's it's wild to me. What could Trump be charged with? I think it's the real question. Right. So there are a couple of things he could be charged with, and now there's something um, a little bit newer that's emerging. So the first is he could be charged with uh, basically interference with a presidential election, and oh, by trying to you know trying to derail it. Uh, and yeah. there's we can talk about all the ways he tried to derail it, but basically he could be charged with that. 
Um, he could be charged with what you've seen a couple of the um, Proud Boys Oath Keepers charged with, which is actually an insurrection type of charge, conspiracy, um, seditious conspiracy to actually try to literally overthrow the government, which is a little bit um, of a brain twister since he was the government at that point. It's like Inception. <laughs> that is right. wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously the, the idea is that there was a valid election and a new administration was going to come in and he was trying to stop that process. So those are the two um, basic type charges to be floating around. The other one I've mentioned for a while and today really became much more apparent is a fraud basically that he was perpetrating upon the people that donated to his campaign because he had this astronomical number that came out that in the first week, I think, after the election, they raised a hundred million dollars. Yeah, I think and, the total is around two hundred and fifty million. Right. And yeah. and half of that was that first week and he's really, you know, pounding the message in that you gotta pay up to help me defeat this fraudulent election. And so that is an interesting problem, potentially. I mean, one, it could be campaign finance fraud in the sense of you're raising money in, in an improper way. It's it's not really for campaign. Um, but number two, yeah. it, it, it could be more basic, uh, just a plain old wire fraud. And for, the wire fraud statute is just some says that if you commit any kind of fraud on people and you're using electronics, then you get charged with wire fraud. Very commonly used. And the question would be, you know, what is the fraud that he's doing? It's got to be material fraud. It can't be just like something, you know, very hinky dink. <laughs> it's yeah. got to be an important fraud. And so here, what they're building to with the committee is the fraud is the big lie, the claiming that the election was stolen. And he spent so much time doing that, tried to get so many people to go along with him and continues even now. Um, to be raising money yeah. based on that. So that that's the third area that he could face jeopardy uh, in is this notion of simply defrauding all these people that are contributing you know, to, to his campaign funds. That is a wild one that I did not see coming, but makes so much mm -hmm. sense as it's like being talked about and as everything's being shown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, I mean, in some ways, it might be really attractive maybe to the Justice Department because you know, you can avoid this whole issue of we're going to charge your former president with trying to overthrow the government. It looks kind of political. He can claim it's a political right. attack. What if in the future they start doing that, you know, to former administrations? But this notion of it simply being a lie and fraudulent and raising a huge amount of money, that might be kind of a more straightforward um, charge that has more appeal to the uh, Justice Department. Right. Part of it was him saying the money was going to looking into election fraud, where a lot of it was actually going to his reelection campaign. Right. Uh, and and also, it, it's really the premise upon which you're raising the money that I, I would, if, if I was trying to put together that criminal case, I'd say, you know, let's just hammer that home to the jury, which is there is unbelievable mountains of evidence that it's a lie because his own attorney general is telling him, you know, this is bullshit according to Barr. Right. Um, his his own data people are saying, you know, this is not going to work. And then they go and they lose 60 plus cases trying to challenge it. Um, and in sort of a real nerdy footnote to that, yeah. out of those 60 plus cases, 
11 attorneys are facing ethics charges for bringing those cases. That's very unusual. That's awesome. <laughs> that is yeah. crazy. Right. I mean, you have well, to do karma. something really, really out there um, for them to bring ethics charges for you making arguments on behalf of your client. It's got to be totally unsubstantiated for these sorts of rulings where judges are having them. Giuliani, you know, Giuliani is a whole different where, story. Giuliani, I mean, we would just need like <laughs> entire podcast just to talk about that. But right. is what are the odds Giuliani goes to jail? And this is just like my personal fantasy. <laughs> Um, you know, <laughs> again, going back to the fraud part with him pushing that, um, he has some exposure right now. You know, mm -hmm. all these folks who are in the inner circle actually doing strategy, implementing things. I mean, I like to call it a mind body connection. So the mind is theoretically Trump's mind <laughs> yeah. and the body is the muscles trying to get the thing done. And so it's easy to see the physical muscle, like the proud boys, Oath keepers are out there actually, you know, beating up um, police people. officers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also the legal muscle. I mean, people like John Eastman who came up with the whole plan. You know, here's how you're going to overthrow and overturn the election. And people like Giuliani who freely, I mean, starting from the, end of the election, I guess he was drunk, according to the observation. I just is, <laughs> is, is telling Trump, you know, just say, you know, say you won. You know, say, say anything else is a fraud, and then goes on to repeat it in numerous courts of law, just completely baseless allegations, that looks to me like, you know, he's part of the scheme, certainly. And if there does come to pass fraud charges, I, I think he's going to have exposure on that. Interesting. So what would be the, let's say they were tr charged and convicted of fraud. What's the sentencing for that? What can we expect? Hopefully, this is like so many ifs, 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 and ifs. Yeah, but the um, th th there's a sort of whole matrix with um how federal sentencing is done. It looks like it looks at criminal history. It looks like the amount of money. Um, these folks, for the most part, have no criminal history, so they would be kind of low on that score. But here's the problem for them: the loss amount, and that's how they would talk about how much was defrauded. Mm -hmm. Um. That's very high. And so when you get into a loss amounts that high, then you are going to face potential prison time. And so even if you have no criminal history whatsoever, you've been a pillar of the community, in Giuliani's case, former mayor of New York during 9-11, yeah. uh, with a loss amount that is you know, in excess of a million, and here we're talking about an awful lot of money, yeah. um, he's, he's going to face potential jail time if, if it goes that I mean, it's a well, lot he of should face jail but, time yeah. for his time in the mass singer, but that's a whole other issue. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> so should the producers. <laughs> Literally, I mean, who let that happen? Society right, has right. been through enough. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, so another question that I have. I mean, so we've been seeing lots of testimony from all the people within Trump's inner circle. Also, has Trump been subpoenaed himself? No, we haven't heard that he has been. Do you think that's going to happen? I don't think they will, and. There's no way he would testify before the committee. I mean, he would have a Fifth Amendment um, privilege to do that. Yeah. So I think they'll be very hesitant to, to do that. I, I, I think they should. I mean, he should be treated like anybody else. But I think, you know, they the, the Jan 6 committee had agonized so much about whether to issue any subpoenas to fellow members of Congress, right. um, much less to the president. I, I think they'll have a very hard time um, coming to that conclusion. And it doesn't look like they've attempted to, 
you know, to, to do that at this point. But they did, in fact, issue subpoenas to member of Congress, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they, did, right? they did. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, sidetrack. So I've been watching the testimonies. I've been seeing Ivanka, Jared, you know, Bill, whatever, all of them all talk about how basically they tried to tell Daddy Donald that the election was fair and whatnot. And I understand that they cannot, in theory, lie to Congress and they are under oath and whatnot. But I personally right. have a hard time believing that they're not just saying a lot of the stuff to cover their own asses. Oh, yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on that and bring that idea up because with Bill Barr, you know, so much of the hearing today was all based on the fact of making him kind of look like the one saving grace of trying Mm -hmm. to like write what happened with Trump and whatnot. But I mean, he was he goes on all the time and just spouts fake news and stuff like that. So I just Right. right so many disconnects. I don't know what what is the legal world saying. What are your feelings on it? Well, I think uh, I, I can leave this all together for you into please. a universal theory. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, most of these folks, certainly Barr, um, these are all pretty shrewd people, and uh, they've been around for a while at doing some sophisticated things, whether in business or in Barr's case in, in law, and they have a nose for when things have a potential for hurting them. Uh, So I think that with Jared and with Ivanka, they probably did begin to distance themselves at a certain point because they felt this isn't going well. We don't really have a path forward. So I think to the extent that they're saying they weren't actively involved in telling people how can you stop the electoral votes from being counted, that's probably true. But I think the theme here, and and Barr probably did tell Trump, you know, there's no evidence here, it's BS. He probably did say those things. But I think what really bothers me about all this, same thing with with Pence, is all of them were there from the start, and they all helped with so many egregious things that were done, and they all profited in their own ways, either monetarily or in terms of power. There were so many places where they could have stood up and said, there's something wrong here. It shouldn't be going on. They could have blown the whistle, so to speak. They could have resigned. And that's what's really problematic to me, is you see so many of these tell-all books coming out after (laughs) the, Uh uh, the Trump administration. Where was everybody when these things were happening? And and that's what I think the real sort of moral indictment of them is. They're all smart enough for the most part to be able to try to save themselves by talking. I actually had predicted that, that Ivanka would testify to them because I think she's confident enough. She thinks she can sort of talk her way out of things. Yeah, and, and so, you know, Barr is trying to make himself look like, just like you said, you know, I'm the sort of, bulwark of reason here when in fact you know right. he had no qualms about making up all sorts of stuff distorting the Mueller report that's that's the unifying theme they're mostly very clever very smart people who are pretty good at protecting themselves over the years and that's what you're seeing right now the ones who really won't people like Peter Navarro you know who may eventually come around to that too really sound like kind of like you know wacko cultist true believers still spouting that, that stuff. Um, but the more sophisticated people, they know when there's some danger involved. They know when things aren't going to work. And that's when they start to try and, you know, cover themselves. They can I recognize a sinking ship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, you know, it may not be, sing- I mean, you know, if you think about it, 
you're Jared, you're Ivanka. So your dad doesn't win a second term. That is hardly the end of the world for you. <laughs> you I know, mean, I mean, right. Yeah. I right. think, honestly, they're probably getting off pretty nice with not having won a second term. <laughs> exactly. Totally right. Right. So, it, it, you know, it's not something to really have to, you know, make it a life or death struggle for yourself. Uh, and Trump, for whatever reason, probably just because he just feels he could kind of like market his way out of it by just claiming that's a fraud, everybody unite. There's, you know, why can't someone do something to help me? win this thing. Um, but most of the thinking people are kind of like, look, you know, if you lose, you lose. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't hurt my career. Um, so why do I need to actually tether myself to something that looks like a worst case scenario it could be violent <laughs> or it could be yeah. really illegal? <laughs> right. Yeah. See, everyone should just take my philosophy is don't compete because you're probably going to lose. So if you right. say, <laughs> if you don't even start, there's no chance of loss. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Put it out there. That's the sour grapes notion. The fox exactly. don't even try. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But um, another thing I thought was really interesting was they had a former Fox News editor testify today as well. And mm -hmm. I want to talk about, and obviously it went viral that Fox did not air the first hearing mm -hmm. um, and made that decision not to. They've started doing this. They did the second one. Do you think that media agencies that have been touting this theory, this fake news of fraud in the election will they be mm -hmm. held accountable at all can they be tied back to this insurrection i think that would be very hard to, to do yeah. because they do have a big first amendment defense mm. to that i mean whether or not you think that fox should drop the word news uh from their name <laughs> uh which i think they should they <laughs> certainly can argue that we're just entertainment and so it's going to be pretty hard to you know charge people criminally for stuff that they're just you know, spouting off about, I don't watch them. Um, I, I hear about yeah. what Tucker Carlson has said. I mean, there are things he says, which, you know, could really be considered inciting some kind of violence at times. But generally, I think it'd be very hard to hold them accountable, uh, except through kind of like bad ratings, you know, or, or stripping them of, of any, yeah, <laughs> any suggestion that they're an actual news organization <laughs> oh my god i think there's like a startup of two women who are working to um actually take away their ads and to prevent a lot oh, of the yeah. marketing that they do to try to kind of bring them down a little bit which would be so cool so inciting violence is a criminal charge right mm -hmm. yeah that, that can be yeah all right i feel like no matter what that has to come into play somewhere. I mean, this was so violent. I was trying to re I remember exactly where I was on the mm. day of the insurrection. Right. I don't know. It was wild. And when they were replaying it, it just made me like nauseous and sick to my stomach. Right. I mean, it's difficult to watch that and not wonder, you know, how you could have such a massive failure of the security for the Capitol on that date. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like they, they snuck in at night. I mean, there's this huge group marching down. And so I, I think one thing I would be interested to see is what connections can they draw between existing members of Congress, these hints we've heard of them giving tours. I mean, th there was a long, couple of long-time reporters have said, you know, they've been covering Capitol Hill for a long time and they couldn't even find their way to Speaker Pelosi's offices. I mean, that's not where they usually go to. And yet these folks really knew where to go. And they exactly. seem to have a sense of the layout of the place. And that really, you know, smacks of them having 
some inside help with that. So I think there, if that can really be uncovered, uh, that would be very important to do. And there you might see a lot of uh, members of Congress you know, going down for that. I mean, there could be a real you know, clean house of some of the uh, the leadership <laughs> yeah, um, on, on the right. <clears throat> right. Yeah, literally. I mean, I yeah, no, I had an internship on the Hill once. You would be sent on runs to go do random things. I worked there for maybe three months. Could not right. tell you anywhere. Just would find myself right. randomly yeah. like, I mean, because they're, for people that know, it's an insanely complex system with also so many tunnels and mazes under, like underneath as well. So, and everything's kind of just hidden in little nooks and crannies. So the fact right. that that happened was so telling. And there's also a lot of reports that, I mean, it was basically closed because of the pandemic. They weren't mm-hmm. really giving tours. So the fact that there were tours being given. Yeah. Hmm, Seems quite suspect. Seems fishy. (laughs) Seems very fishy. Any big bombs that you expect to see over the next couple of hearings? There's six in total, by the way, for people who don't know. Yeah, I mean, what I'm uh, really looking for is, um, you know, again, what what's that mind-body connection? What what hard evidence is there that there were these people in Trump's inner circle and they were telling him, "There's no there there." And yet he's still insisting on giving them instructions on what to do. So we're looking for more of that. Uh, I think also the issue with the pressure that Pence was being put under, I think, is very important. And similarly, if they talk more about Trump's instructions to the Justice Department and to Homeland Security to basically go out and tell people there's fraud when there's not. I think that kind of specificity about the instructions, who was being told to do what and refusing to do it, those are all things we've known were likely going to happen, but to hear it very specifically in videotape depositions, in the emails, um, that, that's really the, the foundation of this kind of evidence. Interesting. Yeah, looks like Hillary Clinton's emails weren't so bad after all. Right, exactly. <laughs> a little throwback for you. Yeah, I, I am a little bit worried that the, um, you know, there's six of these hearings, but, you know, I understood the primetime one, you know, it's got to be a little bit short, um, but I'm a little bit concerned that they're just not long enough. I mean, I, I was way too young, and you probably weren't even born yet, for the Watergate hearings um but my vague (laughs) recollection of 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 that was that they seemed to be going on for like a really long time (laughs) for hours at at a time and i get that we have a shorter attention span now but i'm a little bit worried that uh this is um too much of a quick short attention span moment that they need some more time to, to lay this stuff out um but they do have a former abc producer working for them so you know maybe yeah i mean the production value is pretty good i mean they like they're crafting yeah. a good story they're focusing on different things for each hearing but uh yeah no i mean i sat through my fair share of three to four hour long hearings for things that were much more insignificant than this so right exactly yeah we'll see i think it's really just trying to my opinion just show the american people the fraud and how fucking insane this is and mm-hmm. hopefully make it small bite size enough that people actually who need to see it see it and pay attention right you know but uh they are releasing a um they're releasing suggestions and a big doc after it so hopefully it'll be something that 
us people who are really interested can deep dive into. I mean, another question I have is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to kind of the smaller cases where the individual insurrectionists, like the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, who were, have been charged. Mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see what their defense is. Because are they tying it back to saying Trump, the president, told us to do this? Because I think that's very telling as well. Yeah, for sure. That That's definitely their defense, that they thought they were being instructed uh, to do something. I think... Uh, some of them may argue that they weren't really planning an insurrection. And I think that that's the kind of fine line they need to walk with that. The folks who are you know, on camera and testimony are beating people up. I mean, there's not much of a defense to that. <laughs> um, but the idea that you were engaged in a conspiracy to commit sedition, there's a lot of wiggle room there. I mean, their defense lawyers can say, sure, we were planning to come. We were planning to have guns in Virginia because we were worried about what might happen. We thought the president was saying there's really going to be, you know, a movement. But we weren't planning to violently overthrow the government. We were just kind of following his advice. And our planning wasn't really about seditious conspiracy. It was just to show up there and and to support him. Um, And that's the line that they need to kind of draw, that whatever we were doing, it wasn't so organized in terms of trying to overthrow the U.S. government. You know, we're patriots. We didn't want to do that. We just believed him that something was wrong and we needed to to bring that into light. And so so that's really their defense is that whatever we were doing, it wasn't actually an insurrection. It was something else. Um, That's really where we have to go with that. Yeah, it wasn't an insurrection. It just looked like it. But don't worry, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> we're just tourists <laughs> yeah yeah just take us for our word yeah tourists that just got a little rowdy don't right. worry about it you know um, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah this is crazy and so you briefly touched on this at the beginning when i asked what's the hopeful outcome for this but obviously this is congressional hearing congress cannot charge trump or any of the actors who have been subpoenaed with crimes but right. you did mention some, the electoral counting and some of these other things. What are some things that can be changed within Congress to prevent this from happening in the future? And what do you think they're trying to get at? Yeah, there's been some talk about making it much clearer that the vice president who kind of oversees the, the counting does not have a substantive role. Mm-hmm. And so that would be a good thing to, to clear up. Uh, I think they may take a look at the security issues in Congress. Um, But, you know, uh, I think those are the two main points there. But I think of those two, only the first to me has any real legs to it, which is you want to make it perfectly clear that the vice president can't decide, oh, I'm throwing out, you know, the electoral college decision. The security issue, I mean, I I just don't buy that the Capitol's not well (laughs) secured. Uh, I, I think there was something else going on that caused this lapse in security. Yeah. And, and it could be a combination of things, but I don't think that's something they're going to have much success to getting at. I mean, there is, you know, this is very controversial, but th- there are members of the armed forces, members of the police force that share, you know, some commonality with white supremacists. They may yeah. look upon these folks as different than if it was a crowd of brown people coming towards the Capitol. And and, and th- th- those are real problems, but I doubt that Jan 6 can really get at that very much. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to do much. That is a uh, almost fact, though, as if it was a group right. of 
BLM protesters that stormed the Capitol, none of them would probably be here today to tell us about right. it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and and that's really a, you know, that, that's an awful statement about the kind of implicit biases that we have um, in, in our system. Um, but I just in terms of what this committee can get to, there's no hope of them getting to that. Yeah. No, no, no. Are you kidding? Yeah. There's only barely two Republicans in this committee. Like, right. we'll, take, we'll <laughs> exactly. take what we can get, you know. Right. But uh, any other statements about what's going on? I mean, I don't really have any other questions, except I just would encourage people to keep watching and see what's going on, because it's horrifying. And also, once again, voting matters as we head into midterms. I just think that the idea that watching this is going to change the positions um, of very hardened people on the right, the real kind of like, you know, cultist MAGA people. I mean, that that's yeah. a, a, they're not going to watch it. And that's what Fox is doing. They're saying, we're not covering it. It's a message you don't have to care about. it. So it's not going to change that. But I think the impact it could have on voting is it can make it fresh again and really help with turnout uh, in mm -hmm. terms of the Democratic turnout and in terms of the turnout for those moderate Republicans who did not vote for Trump. It's a reminder of what's going on here. And that could make a difference in the midterms. I mean, from a purely you know, watching on the sidelines, Monday morning quarterbacking kind yeah. of thing, it's a very fascinating midterm coming up because, first of all, traditionally, the president's party tends to take a thrashing in the midterms. Yep. There are Which all sorts of horrific... Probably will happen right? this time. Right. And there are all sorts of horrific signs for that going on. And I think the question is whether or not these hearings can, can make any kind of difference with, with that. Can, you know, can the Democrats basically hang on um, to the razor thin <laughs> balance in, in, in yeah. the Senate and where they cannot lose too much in the House. And, and that would be an interesting test of, you know, what effect the hearings are really having on people. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't some uh, gubernatorial candidate in one of these big uh, swing states? That's yeah. Didn't they, the Republican candidates say that if they became the governor that they would immediately like reopen? Who was that? Uh, I'm forgetting which state it was, but I, I heard that too. I, I thought you were going to talk about the guy who just got, I think, charged for being oh, part. Oh God! Oh, there was a there was another person, yes, right. who was charged. He's a candidate um, for governor oh. in one of the states. Oh, good. Yeah, but he was he was one of the. I think he was there in in, in D.C. for the yeah. insurrection. Well, a lot of people. I remember <laughs> there being a lot of candidates or like mm -hmm. some governmental bodies of just like on local level, literally being at the insurrection. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the only other parting thought that I would have yeah. is goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, which is um, I, my fear is that neither Biden nor Garland um, understand just how unique of a situation this is. I mean, politicians always talk about this is the most important election of our times and all, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But th this is really unprecedented. I mean, I think we've become a little bit numbed to Trump's nonsense and talking. But a lot of times now I'm watching the hearings, so much time has passed to look at what he's saying is not only shocking, but it is so dangerous that someone in that position with really all the power of the government to help them was stating these kinds of lies and looking to basically impose their authoritarianism on the country. And my fear is that there may not be an understanding of just how unique the situation is and how critical it is um, that people be prosecuted for it, because that's really yeah. the way that you're going to stop them is by prosecuting them. Things are not just going to go back 
to quote normal um, if that doesn't happen. And that's my real concern is if after all this, that doesn't happen, I don't know that that much change is, is going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be able to stop the sort of the negative things that, that have been happening. So I, I think I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I, I really feel it is a very dangerous time um, for the country. I could not agree more. So hopefully <laughs> once the hearings conclude, uh, Merrick Garland lights a fire under his ass and starts prosecuting, you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it has been great to have you. Thank you so oh, much yes. for providing all of the insight for... Oh, happy to do so. Thank you so oh. much. I appreciate it. And we'll oh, be back welcome. next week with another episode of Bureaucracy.